Crime Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Pod. <laughs> welcome to your tr- local true crime podcast. Did I start over? <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host Destiny and I'm your host Veronica. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you're welcome. Uh, welcome to Cry Wives. Wow, who thought that an episode, the 34th time I did this, I would say crime pod? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to do a throwback, you know. I was close. I was so close. Welcome to Crime Pod. Not a thing. Welcome to Crime Wives, guys. And um, you've heard that that's Destiny. I'm Ronica. Before we do anything else, let me do what I should be doing and saying. Um, If you haven't and want to after that awful intro already, please stop what you're doing and give us a rating or a review or whatever it is that you want to do. Just show us. Did you just rhyme? I did on accident. (laughs) That was great. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. (laughs) Okay, that was on purpose. But yes, show us some love. Yes. We would love if you could just help us in some way by, you know, rating, reviewing, that sort of thing. Um, and if you haven't as well, uh, go to Twitter, Facebook, we are Crime Wives Podcast at both of those, as well as Instagram. Instagram is where we are more frequently. I almost said more famously. <laughs> um, Get us there. Yeah, make us famous on Instagram, would you? Um, if you have any requests, which uh, we haven't gotten any in a little while now, so uh, crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. But you can send us any sort of link to anywhere. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And- I actually got one this it's it's hard but Uh-oh. i got one this week so oh i will be covering it soon but yes just send us yeah. any kind of recommendations that you do have um and we will do our best to cover those yeah if you have our phone numbers you can text us who you want us to cover if you, if don't, you don't have our phone numbers please don't text us. don't find them <laughs> to text yeah. us. like however you want to recommend something just tell us um also if this is your first time here a, I would say go back to the beginning, but our first episode is rough, so go back to the beginning, work your way through, I promise we get better, but if you're here to listen to crimey stuff, we're going to get into crimey stuff eventually. We're, it'll be about 10 minutes, hopefully not a full 20 like last time. It was an accident. It, we apologize. It was an accident. We'll try not to do it again. No promises. <laughs> um, yeah, go forward uh, about 10 minutes from now, and you can hear the crime stuff. Exactly. In the meantime, you get to hear about us for no reason. You're welcome. <laughs> so what are you doing this week, or what have you been doing? Um, You know, I didn't, I always on the way here think in my head, what am I going to talk about whenever we get to this part? And I didn't do that. So um, it's Wednesday. Uh, my husband's 30th birthday <laughs> happened last week, and there was a lot of drinking. It was fun. But McMinimins is a great place for Let's stay at one place and drink. <laughs> so because there are so many different places there, yeah, that so you many can drink. Bars. Yeah, it was great. I mean, they're all small and tiny, and we were all standing very close to each other. Zero complaints. It was great. Yeah. I just got to get closer to all the people I care about. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A lot of sorry about your breath situation going on, but you know, my bad. It was fine. Uh, super fun time. Um, and then this Saturday is the Conor McGregor fight. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, and Cowboy Cerrone and those are, he literally, Cowboy is my favorite fighter, but 
I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I, I think I, think I know who I think is going to win, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, what, how my heart will feel when it's over. (laughs) So I'm real stoked about it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, truly I'm, my house is literally still recovering from Christmas. And as of yesterday, it's like the first time it's been clean everywhere. And as you know, I like to clean all the things. Yes, definitely. So I was like, this is... I was just walking through my house happy with again. tea in my hand. And I'm like, oh, I am an adult now. This looks beautiful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you posted on social media oh, I, about your clean sure house. Oh, for sure. I was like, like, look at my clean. Clean, this clean, thing. clean. <laughs> so I love when my house is clean. And yesterday I was like, or I was organizing things that didn't need to be organized. And Lincoln was walking around. He's like, are you still cleaning that? I was like, shh. Leave me alone. Yes, I'm organizing this random cabinet for no reason. Let me enjoy myself, child. (laughs) But look how nice these kids, like it was, I think I had a bunch of, I had color coordinated washcloths. That's where I'm at. I mean, there you go. (laughs) If it makes you happy, then go for it and do it. I think it also means I hang it at my house too much, but I work from home, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, this is actually, I'm turning into an introvert slowly because of working from home, so... I'm also not sorry about it. No, this pregnancy is turning me into an introvert. Like, I would be out every single night. I'd be making plans before our podcast, after our podcast. During our podcast sometimes, someone would call Destiny and say, where are you at? Oh, I'll be done about five minutes. No. I'll be there like an hour. (laughs) Give me 20. (laughs) I need 20 more minutes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. so I get it. It's kind of great. It is. It is kind of. It's kind of great to also... The fun part about having a kid is you always have an excuse. So if you're still feeling introverty, you can always just be like, oh, sorry, baby says I can't. <laughs> baby said no. Baby said I have to stay home by <laughs> See you in three weeks, months. See you next Years. year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it for me. There you go. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, I mean, I was at Travis's birthday, so we oh, had yeah. a great time. Oh, um, yeah, I, I purposely didn't say your excitement. <laughs> I won $1,200, so... Hello. $1,200. She won $1,200. Off of 20 and, If anyone wants to know, I do like to put a 20 in the machine occasionally. Yes. And then you won $1,200. Yeah, that was nutty. And I was, but I had had a dream that I, the oh, night yes. before that I was going to win, that I won $800 and I got in a car accident. And yes. so I kept... one of the guys that was riding home with us, because I was obviously DD, was like, I'm not driving with you. <laughs> I and I was like, my it. accident was just me and Alex, so actually I need you to get in the car. I remember when you were saying it when we were at the at one of the bars that we were at, and you were like, and we were all congratulating you, and you were like, yeah, I had a dream last night that I got, I won $800, and then I got in a car wreck, and he was standing right next to you, and you just turned around and walked away. And I was like, um, I think, he's, I think he's worried about his life. And then my phone died after you guys left, and it was like 2 in the morning, and I kept going, someone see if Destiny's alive! I need her to be alive! And I think it might have been Mackenzie was like, she's fine, chill. <laughs> Nobody knew I was fine. Nobody talked to me. Oh, except right. for Jake called me the next morning. Well, I Jake called me the next morning and was like, and I didn't answer because I oh, didn't have my phone. And gosh. he left me a voicemail. He's like, if you're dead, I'm going to be so upset and I'm not taking care of your, and I guess I'll take care of your cat. Oh, your cat. And I was like, I called him and I was like, sorry, you're not going to get a cat. No free cats for you. I'm still alive. Also, thank you yeah. for volunteering um, and taking my death so easy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for yelling at me in voicemail even though right. I died. Rude. Yeah. Like, think about if I would have died and yeah. that would have been. He would have felt like a big about. jerk. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
but I wouldn't want him to. It would have, it would have, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I am alive and it was funny. Um, so, I mean, besides that, football, our house has been a football, football, football. Right. So, playoffs. Um, and then okay. we have obviously um, Super Bowls coming up. And right mm-hmm. when, like, the day, bo- two days before Super Bowl, we find out what we're having. So, we're trying to figure out how we're going to, like, with the Super Bowl party and everything, incorporate, like, maybe incorporated in there. Mm-hmm. But we're for sure, we we like to gamble. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting that earlier, you're getting it now. <laughs> so we do, like, a five spot or a one spot where we gamble on, like, who's going to win the game and what the score is going to be and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun so, Love it. okay, so basically we're doing, like, that little chart and we're thinking about doing one for, like, if anyone wants to bet on what day the baby's going to be born. Oh, so yeah. somebody can win just a jackpot. Just a little bit of money later on. it be like $20 here, $20 here, $20. Destiny's a winner. Weird. Love it. Nobody wins. You guys get a bunch of money later. Like, well, we still have all those 20 around. Well, sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. We Last year, we went to a Super Bowl party that was also a gender reveal party. And so, in the, like, during... I don't even know what part of it that they... I feel like we watched the show in the middle I don't know all I know is that we went out the driveway and they just started spraying each other with blue stuff and then we all went back in and finished watching it, it yeah was well and see and like if it wasn't I don't know we thought about something like that but then it's like yeah if not... it's, you guys aren't that way though you guys no. are like again we're gonna be like let me bring Mom, up here's a piece of cake. the pictures from your wedding that no one's seen you guys do things only for you that's fine. I'm we like I'm the opposite for some reason. Like, I'm like trying it's to It's fine. Chill. Your eyes twitching. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's fine. fine. I have no idea what anyone looked like on the day of your wedding. It's so fine. Memory. I mean, I was there. Yeah, I, I took pictures with my eyeballs. I have the worst memory ever. I I literally couldn't even remember what my dress looked like the other day cuz I'm shopping for another bridesmaid dress this year and oh, yeah. I was like, "What?" I, somebody was like, where did you get that from? I'm like, I got it from Ross, actually. And then they asked oh, I remember that. what it looked like. And I, for whatever reason, was like, ah. That's a good question. And then I couldn't find a picture of it. I was like, that was just in September. Yikes. Like, like, it's not my fault. The bride didn't post pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. Bye. Your fault. It's your fault. Um, yeah. I was supposed to be shopping for a bridesmaid dress, but oh, yeah. that's two days before my due date. So. You did a good job on getting out of that one. No bridesmaid dress I, for I, you. I, what if, I, she's like one of my best friends, so I'm like, <laughs> I, I am so sorry. <laughs> also, and she was like, you can still be in my wedding. And I was like, No, I, I really can't. can't. I really can't. Like, I will be full-blown. Super oh, whale. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. On that note, let's, right. get to, let's get to some crime let's stuff. Let's talk about crime stuff. People just listening to us talk about us. Bye. Okay, so what are you going to be talking about this week? So, I'm doing the story about Sabrina their Limon or I like Limon. Limon. I mean, it's L-I-M-O-N, and I don't know about you, but I love me some hot Cheetos. And if you get the limon kind, that's how limon. it's spelled. So I have been um, thinking that's the pronunciation in my head this whole week. Sorry, I've got something stuck on my coat. Um, I've been thinking that's the pronunciation all day in my head, um, but I might be wrong. Um, but, so I'm doing the story of, it's partially her story. It's, it's, uh, it's a good old... Good old-fashioned love triangle. I love me a love triangle. I do, too. I hate myself for loving that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of terrible, but I love it. Yeah, I don't, I mean, if, by the end of this, you will probably see that, um, it's, 
it's just so annoying. <laughs> I don't know why it's so annoying how people, the choices people make, and you can't just like be like, "Hello, you're making a bad choice." Hello. Um, excuse me, excuse me. Can you can you not do that? Can you not okay. do that? Yeah. So nobody did this to her, so um, they should have. Um, I will say that uh, my sources was True Crime Daily dot com it's a fantastic source of information um and then as always i put in a i put in the name to see if there's any other podcasts that do this and court junkie which is one of my favorites yeah, that i'm yeah. always telling you about and i you never listen to it <gasps> which reminds me have you watched don't fuck with cats okay let's get back to court junkie <laughs> so that's a hard no <laughs> all right that's uh, week one folks <laughs> Um, so court junkie, she does a lot of, she'll give you the story, but then a ton of court information. Like you get to hear the whole court rundown. I didn't so much do it that way. Um, but I still kind of did. Okay. Okay. So on August 17th, 2014 in Tehachapi, California, the Curran County, Curran County? Sure. County Sheriff's Office is called, and um, somebody is on the phone saying that a person is laying on the ground bleeding at the BNSF Railroad Warehouse. And that's pretty much what it says about the call, um, which is very minimized. The 911 caller reported that the man called and said he'd shown up to the job site area, and um, he came upon a very awful scene. He said um, that the office of the warehouse was in shambles so he like i think you kind of you walk in and you have to go through an office and then you go outside mm-hmm. and he he walks through and he's like whoa this place has been ransacked this yeah is this out- is a mess yeah this is outrageous and then he gets outside and he sees one of his co-workers and the way that he describes it in court later is that he walks kind of he has to go fully around a car and um there's a man laying on the ground with part of his his head is kind of on a tire mm-hmm. um oh. and he knows that it's uh like a parked car so it's kind of tilted up and he knows that it's one of his co-workers and he thinks he knows he's very badly hurt and there's a lot of blood and at first he thinks um he's like trying to say his name to wake him up oh, however gotcha. after i get to the part of so so essentially <laughs> i don't know i said get to the part of i'm about to talk about it I don't know how he didn't know that this person was more than just very badly injured. Um, Upon arrival and inspection, the officers on scene find the man laying in a large pool of blood. One of his eyes was closed and the other appeared to have had a bullet wound through it. Um, And then he also had another shot somewhere. It was like in his chest, I believe. Jesus. you. I mean, I would think that seeing this you would know. Yeah, they said there was like a lump on his head area like where his eye that's how one of them is described so I'm fairly certain that it's I'm shock or panic or but his eye was blown out yeah he did that's okay yeah so he realizes he's dead so that's when he calls 911 um he they get there they see that you know he's obviously dead and he's um, been shot that's what's clear um and the victim was identified by his co-worker and he said this is my co-worker Robert Lemon Limon. Limon? Limon. Shoot, I'm going to say it wrong every time. I want to say Lyman because it's like lime. I don't know. Robert Limon. Um, he's 38 years old, and um, they can tell that it was multiple gunshot wounds. 
So Robert was described as a great husband and father of two, um, a spirited outdoorsman and people person who worked as a first responder for the railroad. People who looked at his life and marriage from the outside, as always, saw nothing but a hardworking, good family man. Which I don't necessarily think is wrong, by the way. I'm not, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm as just I, by the way you described him, he sounds like a yeah, nice guy, family kind man. of yeah. And um, he's got like tattoos and shaved head, and um, he just looks like you know, just like everyone we know. <laughs> yeah. However, as crazy love triangles, it's more of a. I think it's described by some person as a love octagon <laughs> at some okay. point. Okay. So we'll get into that. Um, the happy marriage wasn't necessarily all that it seemed, you know. As happy as a happy marriage Maybe can not. be. Yes. So um, he was married to a woman named Sabrina Limon. Um, Sabrina was, she's this cute blonde with a lot of personality and people that knew her described her as like, like so many people go on to describe her as like a really kind, she just wants to make sure everyone's happy, like a people pleaser kind of person. Um, I will note that she has one of the nar- narrowest chins I've ever seen in my life. Really? At some point, and there's, you know, they show pictures of her from, like, back in the day, super cute blonde, like, had the whole shadow box thing going on, mm-hmm. and, but she has the narrowest jawline I've ever seen. I You're don't like, know why. It's wild. Yes. So, I just needed to say that. Um, okay. So, over the course of their marriage, the couple decided, um, after, I think this is after they have two children, um, that they are going to spice up their marriage. And um, by that, they start, they become swingers. Okay. And they start going on swingers vacations, and they start uh, going to, like, swingers parties. Which, Full blown in the swinger life. Yeah. Like, not here to judge. No. For sure. Everyone do. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I looked up horrorcore. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I have so many regrets, but also not here to judge. I was a little bit too afraid to click on most of the videos just based off of the thumbnails alone. A lot of guts eating. A lot of guts okay, eating. Okay, well, so let's just moving, save that for another day. So if you listen to Back last to week's Swinger episode, Talk. I'm sorry. I just had to. When I'm saying not judging, for sure not judging your music or your choice to swing. Anyways, um... Eventually, the couple decided to open up their marriage, so to speak, and um, they're, there's like a main couple that are their friends that they're hooking up with. Their main swinger friends. Yes, and they are literally referred to as their friends with benefits because they're their friends, but okay, <laughs> in, case you needed, in case you needed me to tell you. Their friends, beneficial friendship. Okay, so, and that those people are Jason and Kelly, and they're also married. Jason and Kelly are married. Um, but they're, yeah. So, however, because opening up that, their marriage, I think it started to cause a strain. And I wrote here, duh. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure I think in most relationships, not everyone. No, it works. It's made for somebody, some people. And I'm not for me. No, 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 no. Second someone asked me to swing, I'm swinging out the door. <laughs> my <laughs> swinger relationship might turn into a yeah. love triangle. Like, you want to go to the park and swing? By love triangle, I mean like. Oh, <laughs> I was like, things. I was like, wait, that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like swinger. Yeah, like, I was like, okay. it sounds like you want to swing. <laughs> Anyways, okay, no, it's just not. It's not happening here. We'll just leave it at that. Okay, so Sabrina's cousin is quoted saying that she did not want to have an open relationship anymore at some point, um, but Robert still wanted to and. There's a few different accounts of of Sabrina describing it kind of like Robert was 
handing her off to men or handing her off to other women or couples. And, of course, take that as you will. Um, it's her side of it, not Robert's. Yeah. Um, apparently, instead of asking Robert, I guess, I'm assuming she never asked him if they could just stop. Yeah. <laughs> because... She just instead gets another job. She just gets a job and... Just trying to keep herself busy and distracted. Yes, that's literally the word that's used on everywhere I found this. She tries to distract herself with a job at Costco. Okay, I mean... Yeah, wherever you gotta work. Um, In fact, I feel like Costco would be great. The samples. Costco's great. They have, like, great benefits. Yeah. They're a union. Shoot. I got... I need to look (laughs) at Costco. Gotta go hit up Costco. (laughs) Yeah. So, somehow, while she's at work one day um enters a 22 year old firefighter named jonathan hearn oh mr hearn mr hearn you firefighter you yes and he apparently there's not a lot of details about this but apparently he sees her he likes her he gives her a phone number his phone number like okay which thank you ma'am yeah he must it's retail i worked retail i got a lot of numbers in retail they're like that's my number and i'm like I was just telling you that show looked good because I needed to make my sales, (laughs) but okay. Thanks for the phone number, but I'm not flirting. Which I actually, okay, I totally get that. Yeah. But Costco? Costco? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I think she might have worked the front door. I don't know for sure. But anyways. Maybe she's just side-eyeing. He loves narrow chins. (laughs) I don't know. But you have this damn narrow chin. You, when you look it up, you when you look her up, I'm gonna make you. We're gonna pause at some point. You're gonna look it up. Yeah, she's 11 years older than him, so she's 33, 33. and he's 22. And so there's this big. So he's very smitten, if you will. And um, eventually, the two kind of they first initially he says she said she tells she tells Jonathan she's married eventually. Okay. And, um, and he's like, well, let's just, I want to continue talking to you. And that's that. And so she's like, we'll just talk as friends. Obviously, well, I but... have an open relationship anyways. So yeah. why not? And I, I don't necessarily, again, he said that they, they tried to just be friends and then that didn't work. So, um, in an interview, the Kern County Sheriff's detective, Robert Meyer stated, uh, Sabrina was 11 years older than him. He was a bit sheltered. He was homeschooled, but very educated, grew up in a religious home, and had a good family. But by all accounts, he was very smitten with Sabrina, um, which is what I caught on to. And I'm, I'm going to, towards the end, obviously, I'm going to go back and discuss this. But um, I think that they really hone in on him being homeschooled and sheltered and this really innocent oh. guy. But I think he got real obsessed with her real quick. Um, And I'm just going to say that now. So we'll go back to the part of the story. um, Now that I kind of highlighted that, we'll go back to August 17th, 2014, the day of Robert's death. Robert was at the railroad warehouse um, that he had worked at alone, and he was there in the evening. The Tehachapi, California, was about 85 miles from where he actually lived, which was in Hellendale, California. Um, he was struck in the face and the bullet traveled through and exited the neck. And then the other shot was in the chest and it went up into the jaw area and lodged in the brain. I don't know why I had to put those details in here, but sorry. And you're welcome. Immediately an investigation begins, uh, being that there was no usable forensic evidence at the crime scene because, well, there was bullets and that was pretty much it. There Mm -hmm. was like, they had nothing else to go off of, um, they start pulling video coverage, and the video coverage from the warehouse 
from that night actually shows a figure walking around the crime scene. And I don't know if he's got like a hood on or, but they can see him walking around. They think there's like even a motorcycle that they see in the footage um, walking around, but I, it doesn't actually see him get shot or anything. They just see someone that's not supposed to be there. Interesting. Um, kind of walking around. Um, kind of seems like he might even have a limp. There's those random little details okay. going on with it. And um, so they decide to start pulling surveillance footage from other businesses around the area. And there was footage of someone with basically exact same build, exact same outfit, exact same motorcycle at a gas station nearby, like in a convenience store, basically right around the time of the murder. So he's in areas. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, With this new information, investigators decide to um, kind of go towards Sabrina with this information but at first they're like they're just texting her they literally text her uh, they send her a text stating that they think they might have some footage on the suspect and of course this entire conversation as well as the text conversations eventually are pulled for court records so she's all of these are used later but immediately when she sent the text she texts this information to her boyfriend Jonathan and his response is Thanks for letting me know. So basically, the officer says, hey, I text her and says, hey, we have some footage. Uh, We think we kind of have somebody, like, we think we can see an actual person. Yeah, we think we have. And immediately, she texts Jonathan and says, hey, they think they have somebody in the footage. And Jonathan's response to her was, thanks for letting me know. That's a really weird response. Isn't that a weird response? (laughs) Like, maybe the, hey, they think they have somebody, like, this is crazy, like, uh-huh. they think they have the person, or, like, maybe potential suspect, and then I'd be like, oh my god, really, or yeah, what? Like, that's that's amazing, or something, but thanks for letting me know, like, thanks for keeping me updated. That's what it, the thing you're going to see throughout the rest of the story is that there's a lot of, you have to, what they say, you have to just kind of, is this an admission of guilt? There's mm-hmm. a lot of things they say that kind of seem like they know more than they do because I think they do. Anyways, a few days later, someone near to Sabrina, who is mentioned throughout um, this article, which I've actually already brought it up, um, but at the time, he is an anonymous person near the Le Mans, (laughs) comes forward to investigators about Sabrina's, quote, friend, Jonathan. Um, And once this information is given, police decide to go back to Sabrina and say, um, they, they call her and they say, okay, so we've told you about the footage. Um, this time they say after reviewing, and this is, this is, I listened to the conversation and, mm-hmm. and then I'm like typing as he's talking and he says, after reviewing some video, we see a motorcycle leaving the area around the time that the murder occurred. Also, I've been going through this secret witness. There's a list that's from a secret witness and it says, I got a tip today that we should be looking into a subject named John. Now, there's, I, they don't, I didn't hear her end or her response yeah. to that. However, in court documents, it shows as soon as they get off the phone, she immediately calls Jonathan and tells him Weird. everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> convenient timing. Um, and then while on the phone, this is later that she, they begin to pray together. Um, and this is a theme throughout what? this entire um for i again li- no judgment <laughs> but for some reason they pray all the time to 
just hope that God understands them. And they always are saying, God, please understand us. Please, like, it's a weird thing to pray. What is there to understand? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> um, okay, so they pray together, and then Jonathan mentions, um, you know, that, like, I was a little caught off guard just because there hasn't been any, like, reli- like usually there's, like, religious, uh-huh. like, they go to church weekly, things like that. Well, or... they definitely, he did, but he's also, like, I think he might have still been living at home. I don't know. No, maybe his, he lived with, like, a roommate. All I know is that he's super involved in the church. Okay. I don't know that their family was as involved in the church, um, but... There, it'll it'll get more. Okay. Okay, so she calls John, tells him everything. He's like, um, this feels weird. And she she's like, how do they have my name? And he's like, she said, well, there's like some secret witness. And so they're like, oh, that's even weirder. Well, eventually it's revealed, I think in an interview, um, that this secret witness was actually one of the people that um, the that the Limons had been hooking up with, and his name is Jason Bernette. Bernettene. Bernettene. That's his name. Jason <laughs> so Bernettene. Jason the lover. Jason the lover. Jason and his wife Kelly, that I had mentioned previously, Kelly. had been close friends with them. I honestly thought they were going to kill the people, kill someone. I so. did too. <laughs> but no, they um, were the friends with benefits, and Jason just happened to know um, Jonathan. Just... Uh, very distantly knew Jonathan. So Jonathan, and they see, they're around the lemons a lot, Mm -hmm. the lemons a lot. So, um, because they were hooking up pretty frequently and going on a lot of vacations. So Jason and Kelly see him and then Robert is dead and they're home and they see him coming over still. And they're like, um, we have something. So there's this guy. So Jason, well, Another thing that I left out of here, but is in another, um, is in the podcast, is that um, at some point, Jason also texts, Jason gets a text from um, Jonathan, and it says, hey, I just wanted to let it be known that um, I was having a, an adult an adult, an adulterish? And what am I trying to say? An affair. I was having an affair. <laughs> I was having an affair with uh sorry all I'm reading all these names and I'm getting with myself. Sabrina with Sabrina yes Jonathan says I was having an affair and Robert knew and he says I just want to apologize and Jason gets this and was like this is really weird like why are you apologizing to me because he sent that text Jason went to the police and was like hey I yeah, got a big this. dummy so there's all these names and people and things going on, but essentially Jonathan is kind of putting himself in hot water by inserting himself into places he should not have. So Jason tells the lead detective on the case that he'd been sent some texts from Jonathan that said he was sorry for ever having an affair with Sabrina and asking for forgiveness for being so shameful. <laughs> Obviously, this wasn't really an admission of anything um, other than letting it be known that Sabrina had been cheating on her husband um, and obviously to investigators this installed a motive yeah i mean one of them yes of course when they are finally able to meet with sabrina again all that she can do is say oh gosh i can get over the wind all that she can do is say great things about their marriage as well as post things on facebook like thoughts and prayers and love and support and thank you for all of your kind words from everyone getting that attention just loving that attention Mm -hmm. you know 
as you do. Just okay. Absorbing it like a sponge. <laughs> right. In like the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. So this, of course, prompts investigators to start tracking all of Sabrina's phone records for the past years, or year, not years, um, specifically the past six months, and that's where they learned that Sab- Sabrina, um, or someone, had purchased Sabrina a burner phone. Um, so okay. She, she has a burner phone, and it's to keep in contact with her sad piece, if you will. Jonathan is, like, the only person that she really contacts from that phone. And in the five months leading up to Robert's death, Sabrina and Jonathan had exchanged at least 7,000 voice calls and text messages on their throwaway phones. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. So. I want to know the ratio to voice calls to text messages. Because when you first said voice calls, I was like, 7,000 voice <laughs> calls? Like, I would die. I know that at least 2,000 of them is just text. Okay. Okay. But that's, that's still. still 5,000. <laughs> yeah. Still too many. It's like. 47 of them. That's how many calls. a day. Yeah. I don't want to do this math, but Jesus. It's probably like 40 were voice calls. <laughs> the rest. That's still a lot. That's I know. still a lot And it's me. in such a short amount of time. I I think probably me and Travis have 7,000 texts and voice calls in the last six years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Like, okay. Well, maybe. here we're at. Here yeah. we are. So um, this is on their throwaway phones. So a judge approves 24-hour surveillance of um, telephone wiretap conversations to start listening in on Sabrina and Jonathan's phone calls Um, and that's where they really learned that Jonathan is in fact you know they learned a lot about them but um, that he's this devout Christian who's leaning on his faith um, which but he I mean he's also very paranoid Um, but I I don't even so they prey on the phone um, pretty much every call which that's that's pretty normal for people but there, he's saying things like, there's a purpose for all of the things that God has shown us, and um, also that they prayed that God would steer the criminal investigation away from them as suspects. And that's where it really made me irritated, like, um... because this is, you know, this is me just telling the story as it is, but I'm certainly, like, I even put here, I'm not judging anyone. Obviously, I support anyone in everyone's faith. As long as you're not hurting anyone, that's fine. But there's where uh, the line gets crossed is someone gets hurt and you're using, you're praying to God to steer the criminal investigation away and that's where... That's weird. Yes. Like, it doesn't, and it truly, and I think that's, and it's actually pretty, probably a good thing that I brought up your case because it's like your case from last week where you're talking about like horror core and I'm like oh sounds crazy well it turns out that people use God as their as their facade sometimes too and I just I'm like, yeah that's stupid but I mean he, he probably I mean he does have a strong faith I get that I just was so irritated when I kept seeing that he was praying that God would steer the criminal investigation away from them as suspects but here we are yeah, talking I about I don't them. Love that. <laughs> so I don't know why it just irritated me. So um, in this case, um, Sabrina has shown like they're using her as like the hot blonde that's almost preyed upon Jonathan, mm-hmm. and then Jonathan as this innocent homeschooled boy who has strong faith, and they kind of highlight Jonathan for um, it kind of maybe it, like an innocent guy that has been taken advantage of, kind of thing. Yes, and the more that I listen to this. Um, the more I think that it was 50-50, straight down the line. She wanted things. He wanted things. He's a little obsessive. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot that he does that comes off very obsessive. And she can be very manipulative of all things. So, yeah. it's 50-50 down for me. I don't think that 
but of course they like call her a cougar in the media and I'm like this is just a selling point for this story yeah but apparently this was also in the California area a huge case at the time I will okay so I looked her up and I saw her narrow Oh, her narrow chin, chin, uh-huh. um, and she. De- I've definitely seen her pictures. I've definitely yeah, seen her somehow. like everywhere. And I'd even heard. I've listened to Crime Junkie for, or not Crime Junkie, Court, court junkie. junkie. Sorry, it's the same. Uh, court Junk. Both. I listen to both, but I've listened to Court Junkie for years, and I didn't remember hearing this. So that's the other thing about when you listen to them for a long time, they all kind of sound the same. Yeah, so. you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and for anyone that feels confused by my story, or if it's not making enough sense. Uh, Court Junkie did does do a very good job of like here's a story like boom boom boom, and um, it's just her telling the story, not talking to someone. So, okay, so at this point in the phone calls, they're feeling like it's they f- they feel like there's some admission of guilt going on here, mm-hmm. um, but because the conversations aren't enough to hold up in court, they search Jonathan's house and they find a motorcycle. Uh, well, they first go to the DMV and they get his motorcycle records and mm-hmm. it's the same exact motorcycle. They find a motorcycle helmet and gloves just like the ones that are on the surveillance video um, close to the crime scene as well as firearms that were similar to the or the same as the caliber um, that killed Robert Lemon. Lemon? <laughs> I will never be able to say it normal. And then of course the always obvious um, Sabrina stood to gain a hefty payout from Robert's railroad pension. Um, and there was also, a, I think there was an insurance policy as well. And um, the cops now basically were convinced that Sabrina and Jonathan had the means, motive, and opportunity. Um, and that removing Robert was both of their goals. Yeah. Um, well, especially after finding the vehicle. Uh-huh. The murder weapons. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, well, literally the smoking One plus room. one equals two. Uh-huh. So. Equals poor dead Rob. That's sad. <sighs> Okay, and then on November 18th, 2014, while Sabrina was at an elementary school, I'm assuming it's where her children went to school. I don't know why she was there. It doesn't say, but she's at the school and she's arrested. That is a dramatic way to go about it. It really is. Like, they really wanted to let it be known. They couldn't have just waited till she, like, got home. You're mm. a harlot. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. You know, I'm watching this this show called The Outsider. Very scary on HBO and that's one of the things they did is they like show he's like a he's like a uh what is he he's a t-ball coach or like a baseball coach and they show up and he's in front of a baseball game and they put him in handcuffs and I'm not even sure if it's him and I I was thinking that's so dramatic and then I'm doing this and I'm like oh it's just like that show it's so dramatic it happened in real life yes (laughs) so uh naturally um Sabrina oh wait she's arrested he Jonathan is also arrested at work However, um, a few months later, Sabrina would be released, stating that they did not have enough evidence to convict her. So, excuse me, what? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So naturally, Sabrina does the least guilty thing ever. She moves her children away, loses contact with the entire family, and starts dating again in a whole different state. <laughs> like, just pieces out. Which. All right. For an innocent person, that's actually, I guess that's not really that guilty, because that's kind of what innocent people do. They're like, I'm just trying to get out of this. I can't handle this. They're all after me. Yeah. Um, but also, it is it is something that non-guilty and guilty people do. It's just suspicious either way. Yes. Okay. So now two years have gone by. She's in a different state. It's two weeks before Jonathan is supposed to stand trial for the murder of Robert Limon, and suddenly Jonathan decides he wants to talk. 
Specifically, he wants everyone to know that Sabrina had been in on it the whole time. And he agreed to what I feel like is a pretty crazy plea deal. In exchange for testifying against Sabrina, he would get just 25 years in prison. And he shot a dude twice in the face. So Jesus. Yeah. Um, so in January of 2017, Sabrina was arrested again and now charged with yeah, we're going to blow away. This if you can hear the wind, we apologize. Yeah, if you... Yeah, we are not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Okay. She's charged with six... She's charged with six felonies when she gets arrested, one of which was conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah. Um, the trial was so, so highly covered, like, by the press and stuff that, again, it's one of those that I'm like, how the heck do I not know? Yeah. I feel like I know all of them, and then I don't. Um, but it's almost... It's. I mean, it's in. It's on. Everyone that lives there in the area has seen it on the news, and all of that stuff. So, um, it's there's as I as I, you looked it up in the middle of it. You see a lot of her on stand at trial mm-hmm. and sad and um, at court. It's revealed that um, killing Robert was not their f- killing Robert with um, a gun shot was not their first idea. Uh, okay. Yes. So Jonathan reveals that they discussed different ways that they he could be killed. First was a car accident. Um, and if you're my husband and you're listening and you've gotten this far, I should have said car wreck. I'm sorry. Accidents are preventable. <laughs> and then there was like a fire scheme. And then it quickly, um, those ideas got skipped over and they arrived um, at poisoning. And their choice of poison would include pudding laced with arsenic and crime scene photos... Um, there's, they had crime scene photos that had arsenic in, like, one of his trash cans or something. Um, and Jonathan claimed that, that he, he claimed that he, like, tested it on a neighbor's dog. I'm like, what? That's awful. Yes. And, um. It's not very. He does, I don't actually, didn't, he did, doesn't say if the dog died or not. Jesus Christ. Um. So then he decides, or he, they decide together over the phone that he's going to make some pudding and he's going to make a batch that's like for their family and then a side little side one that she will send with him to lunch, send with Robert to lunch at work. They exchange it somehow and of course whenever he's telling this at court, um, the defense is like, well, why would she put this in her fridge where her kids can get it? Yeah, but yeah, all, definitely. Truly, I don't, I think it was, she hid it somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know why I thought of my own fridge at the time, and I was like, I could hide stuff in the back of that fridge no one would ever see or even open or get. But yeah. either way, they, he, they send him to work with it, and then she chickens out, and she's like, I'm, this is freaking me out, so um, she says that, Jonathan says that she called and um, said, don't eat it. The bananas in it are bad. However, there are no records of that call actually taking place. Hmm. So that was like a, what? Well, maybe she just didn't send it with them and that was her excuse. Yes. I I totally think they probably had and and then she freaked out. But there there are records of her texting Jonathan and saying, I didn't, he didn't have, he didn't eat the pudding. I don't want him to eat the pudding. I feel like our phone records are too traceable. But apparently shooting him was fine. I don't know. Okay. So Jonathan then says that uh, Sabrina insisted Robert die on the job at the railroad because the medical care in the area was um, substandard. Um, but it was also brought to light, obviously, that um, if Robert Lyman was Lemon was killed in the line of duty, that she would be getting um, money from BNSF. 
not to mention the $300,000 life insurance payout. That's what I, I, I knew okay. that I had put it in here somewhere. So she stood to gain a lot by his death, and especially more if he was at work, um, depending upon which way you look at it. Um, yeah. I think it also super helps that he worked 85 miles away from where they lived. Oh, I 100%. Think, I'm, it sounds like basically they, she wanted to find, she they had a way, but it involved her killing him. So mm-hmm. she wanted a way for him to kill her. Yes. So just in case it did come back. Totally. That's exactly how I feel about it, too. And um, Jonathan was also quoted stating that at trial about um, when she, when he finally was, they were like, why did you ever ask her if she just wanted to get a divorce? Yeah. And he said divorce was something um, not appealing to her at all. It was totally not an option. Murder. Uh-huh. We do murder. She literally, ex- she he says she expressed that, he would honestly rather be dead than get a divorce. She was. She literally tried to spin it. He would. He would die he without put, put me. Words in his mouth. She put words in Jesus his mouth and said Christ. he would die without me, which is the most egotistical thing I've ever heard. So you know what we should do? We should kill him for him. Ugh. Let's save him the pain. Yeah. So ultimately, however, the two were both eventually convicted and sentenced. Uh, Sabrina for three counts of conspiracy to commit murder as well as an accessory to murder for the first degree. So she's convicted of first-degree murder. Not long after um, she was convicted of the first-degree murder, uh, then Hearn, Jonathan Hearn, was formally given his sentence to um, prison in November of 2017. Um, His expected release is November 2035. He would be be 45 years old. So he got off pretty good. Um, and that's, that's, that's that pretty much. But, um, I would recommend if you, if you want to hear nobody talking or nobody getting distracted in the middle of it, just the boom, boom, boom story that, uh, Court Junkie did a good job of where I, where I truly at the end of it was like, what do I believe? She did a really good job of like, who do I believe? But I totally believe. I 100% believe it Yeah, was I wasn't going to try and yeah. sell this like, was it her? Was it him? It was totally both of them. He was obsessed with her, was willing to do whatever. She knew it. She was trying to get out of it and kill her husband and get $300,000 out of it. Yeah. And she, at one point, there is a, a, a quote of her saying that she didn't want the two, her children, to have to live in two separate homes. Like, this was the better choice for her. <laughs> I just... I want... Cannot. I'm going to murder your father so you don't have to share Christmas. Yes. And then on top of that, using what a lot of people in this world go to for salvation and all of that, true people that truly believe in God and turned it into, God, will you please help us steer the investigation away from us? You're disgusting. And apparently he was like, nah, because <laughs> um, they both no, went to jail. Y'all guilty. Yeah, so that's my... That's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Crime Wives out! <laughs>